Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the fact that you died on the cross for us. And Father, we pray that you will lead us to the cross, that we will be reminded of your sacrifice every day, Lord, and that we will never take it for granted. Thank you for the fact that we can come tonight and worship you and learn about you, Lord. We pray that you will use this message to speak to our life and that we will take heed of what you have to say, Lord, and apply it every day moving forward. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. It's always so cool to be here at Thrive. I really do enjoy coming here. You guys are a fun group. Uh, if, I, I, if my voice cracks, I need to, you know, because it's, it's most likely it's going to do. Uh, it's not, I'm not hitting puberty, as you can tell. But I was last night with middle schoolers, and I needed to make sure that I look cool. So I was screaming a lot, and I may have lost my voice. I didn't think through, you know, I'm going to be teaching the next day. So that happened. I'm going to move this. Last time I thought it, there was like a mic behind me. I knocked it off and broke it. So I learned. Anyways, uh, we're doing a series on empty, right, a series in the book of Colossians. But before we really get into that, you know, there are questions in life that when you ask someone, however they respond to answer that question, they'll be telling on who they are as an individual. There are questions that you need to ask people so that you can tell what kind of individuals they are. For instance, there are questions like whether they brush their teeth up and down or sideways, right? Those questions, however they answer it, you can tell if, the, if that person is smart, good-looking, great, or if they need Jesus, right? If you go like this, you need Jesus. All right, we don't do that. But some people may do that. Or you may ask the question where, okay, are you somebody that when you are changing, you put your pants first and then your shirt, or you put your shirt first and then your pants? Like those are very important questions. Or are you somebody that you prefer, prefer to drink Pepsi or Coca-Cola? Do you like Taco Bell or a Fogon? Do you like a Hothead or Chipotle? Uh, McDonald's. <laughs> you like McDonald's or Burger King? You like Bud Light or? No, just kidding. We're not doing that one. <laughs> but there is one question that you can ask or that you should ask to people that is, not, that you're not going to find a question or, or there may be some few questions with this, uh, few questions just as important as this one. And I actually will, input, will encourage you to ask this question if you're dating somebody or if you're going to start dating. Because it is a question that is going to tell you what kind of individual they are. And the question is, how do they deal with an empty tank in their car? Because there are two kind of people. There are those that when, they're, when they see uh, the little thing, I don't know what you call it, uh, the little meter, whatever, the indication, when they look at it and it's getting close to being half empty, they go to the gas station because they're not going to let that happen. Not in their watch. They need to make sure that that car stays full on gas. But then you have others that when they see that thing going down, they're going to keep letting going down to, till there is no gas left in the car. That if they drive a newer car and they see the, you know how newer cars tells you this many miles to empty gas, they love to see that zero because it's a challenge. 
They see, oh, so you're challenging me, huh? Let's see who can go the first, right? There are two kind of people. Well, in the same way, when we're talking about this idea of emptiness, this feeling that you may get uh, sometimes in your life, this feeling where you ask yourself or where you tell yourself there has to be something else than what I'm experiencing. There has to be a different meaning to what I just went through. There has to be something else than this. When you're dealing with that uh, that feeling of emptiness, what do you do with it? Do you let that feeling sit in and you wait till you cannot take it anymore and deal with it? Or, do, or as you see that feeling creeping in your life, do you deal with it right away? So that's what we're going to be doing today. Now, the book of Colossians, like I said, I love that you guys are doing the study because I think it's very timely within what, with what is happening in our world today. In the book of Colossians, you have these believers, these Christians that were being persuaded to believe that Jesus was not enough. You have these false teachers, false people telling them that, hey, Jesus was not really son uh, God, made, God made man. He was just a good individual. He was just a good man. He was just a perfect man, but not a God. He's not enough. He is just a stepping stone for you to acquire knowledge. He's just a stepping stone for you to become mature. That's what, what they were saying. But in essence, what they were saying is that Jesus is not enough. So Paul writes this letter to them. And as he's writing to this letter, he wants them to get something straight. Something that I believe you guys have been heard from being taught either from Luke or from Mike, that everything is about Jesus. This is the message that Paul wants them to get is that everything, every decision you make, everything that you experience in your life, everything that you face is everything is about Jesus. So when we're dealing with the topic of emptiness, I want you to come to the conclusion. I wanted this to throw this at you very early. In that if you, do not, if you don't have Jesus, you are empty. If you don't have Jesus, you are empty. And that means that when you're making a decision, if the decision that you're making, Jesus is not in the process of the, your, of the thought process of you making that decision, then you're making an empty decision. It, it means that the things that you want in your life, whether it's dating, marriage, uh, professional career, accomplishment, if Jesus is not in it, then it's an empty thing. If you don't have Jesus, you're empty. So what do, we do? what do we see here? We see here a culture that is very similar to the one that we have today. A culture that tells people, that is telling them that, that emptiness is not the result of the absence of Jesus. A culture that is telling them, hey, if you feel empty, it's not because you don't have Jesus. It's a culture that is telling them if you are feeling emptiness, that feeling of emptiness is a result of the absence of your pleasures. It's, it's, if you're feeling empty, it's not because you don't have Jesus in your life. You're feeling empty because you're not getting what you want. You're feeling empty because you're not doing this. You're feeling empty because you're not accomplishing this. You're feeling empty, you, and, and, you know, and, and, the, and the thought process could continue to go. And they're basically telling you that you are empty because you have not gotten what you want. And it's flipped what we have just been talking, that everything is about Jesus. They, they flip the thought that if you don't have Jesus, you are empty. So if you're somebody, 
which I believe all of us at one point or another, maybe you're dealing with this today. If not, you're going to be dealing with this at some point. We, feel, we have this feeling of emptiness. How do you deal with this feeling of emptiness? When it creeps in, do you deal, do you, uh, do you deal with it right away or do you let it sit in and get worse and worse and worse? So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to look at ways of how to proactively get rid or deal with this feeling of emptiness. And we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. In Colossians chapter 2, the very first thing we're gonna, I want you to see is that you need to have the right people in your life. You need to have the right people in your life. So it, their versions are going to be in the screen, but I made the mistake of putting just one to, one to two. It's actually going to be two, one to five. So I'm going to read them, uh, but you can follow them on the screen till verse two. And then, you know, YOLO. Anyways. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those a la Diosia. And, uh, yeah. and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their heart may be discouraged, may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full insurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, with, with, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with the possible arguments. For though I am absent in the body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. In Christ. So, Paul writes his letter, and in it, he's sharing his heart to this church. If you didn't know, I'm sure they have mentioned it. Paul, it was most likely in prison when he wrote this letter. So he was not able to see these individuals, this, this church, these believers in person. But as he's writing, he's saying to them, he is eager to see them. Why? Because he's, if you continue to read in verse 4, he talks about, or verse 5, he talks about how he wants to encourage them and remind them of the fact that those False teachers that have been spreading the lies that Jesus is not enough, that Jesus was not fully God, that Jesus couldn't fulfill them. He wants to be pressed and he wants to encourage them so that they can recognize that Jesus is enough. That Jesus is the only thing that can fulfill you. And so when you think of Paul, you see him as someone who is not the norm. He's not the friend that most people have. He's someone that is devoted. He's invested. He's committed to write to this church, to these people that he probably has never met in his life. And he's willing to do so because he cares a lot about them. He's willing to do that because he wants them to know the truth that Jesus is enough. When you're, think, when you're going through, that, through those feelings of emptiness, you're going to find that most time you're alone. Most times when you are uh, feeling empty, that the things that you're doing doesn't have a purpose, that the circumstances that you're wrestling with or the, or the, uh, of the um, hurt that you're dealing with, all of those things that you're finding that is leading you to feel hurt, hurt, you will see that you don't have anyone around you. You will feel alone. If you have someone like Paul, someone that is invested, somebody that has taken over themselves to make sure that they were present in your life, to make sure that they're encouraging, to make sure that they're praying for you, to make sure that they're asking you the hard question, to make sure that they're pointing you towards Christ, you see that it's easier for you to move past the feeling of emptiness. I am someone that I, I am, first of all, I'm a, a terrible tester. Te- tester? Test, test, yeah. Test, well, no. 
I write, I'm not good at responding text. There you go. Nailed it. So I'm terrible at responding text. So you can ask KK. She, uh, she asked me a question, a Bible question, and I'll respond a month later. Um, so that's how I am, right? Well, I'm also terrible at keeping relationship in long distance. Like, keep, like if, you, if you and I are friends and you move away, it is hard for me to stay connected. But thankfully, God has been good to me because he has given me good friends. Friends from when I was living in New York that even though we're far, even though we don't get to see each other in year, in, over years, right, we are able to stay in touch. And they are the kind of friends that they encourage me. They pray for me. They're there for me when I'm feeling, when I'm struggling. And they're the ones that are going to ask me, they ask me hard questions. And they make sure that when the culture or the environment is trying to fill me with those lies that Jesus is not enough, they make sure that they're there to direct, direct me to the right place. They make, they make sure to make, to, to, they make sure that I know that Jesus is enough. So when you're looking at the idea of emptiness, you have to make sure that you have people in your life that they care more about you growing closer to Jesus than for you to go closer to them. That their relationship, the focus of your, their of you and her, or you and her, you and them, their relationship is not the relationship of you of you guys out of himself, but that the focus of your relationship is Jesus. And if you don't have friends like that, then you got to go find them because there's some there out there. You need to have people in your life that they care more about you growing closer to Christ than you about, than be, about you guys' friendship. That they're willing to ask the hard question. That they're willing to compromise your friendship for the sake of you becoming closer to Christ. That when they see you pursuing uh, some desires, when they see you pursuing pleasure over Jesus, that they will be there in front of you telling you, hey, get it straight. You are not going to find fulfillment in your desires. You're only going to find fulfillment in Jesus. And if that means that you guys' relationship is going to hurt, if that means that you guys are going to become enemies, it is worth it because they care for you more than anything that you are closer to Christ than about the relationship. You need to have those people. When you have people like that in your life, it will be easier for you to avoid or to deal with or to remove that feeling of emptiness that you may have or that you would have. The second thing we'll see here as we keep reading in verse 6, it says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and establish the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to the human traditions, according to the element, elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. The second thing I want you guys to see is that, is that you have to allow the word of God to stabilize your life. That's a word, stabilize. We don't really use it often when we talk about the Bible, when we talk about the word of God, right? But that when you read in verse 6, the word rooted, if you were to look at the original language, that word rooted, what it actually means is to be stable. And when I look up the, I mean, it's, you can tell that it was God-inspired because it's perfect. But when you look up the definition of stable, it means to be uh, unlikable to change or unlikable to, to uh, give way to things. 
That's what stable means. That no matter what comes your way, no matter what happens to you, if you're stable, you are not going to get, you're not going to be moved. You're not going to be persuaded to change your mind. You're not going to be influenced to do what you're not supposed to do. And the idea here that Paul is getting at them is like you have to allow the word of God, you have to allow Jesus to stabilize your life. Because then when you root it in the, in the Bible, when you root it in your relationship with Jesus, you can grow in, and you can grow in your relationship with him. Once, I mean, we're, you don't have to be a, a, far, a farmer. You don't have to be an expert to know that the deeper the roots are, the harder it is for a tree to be moved, right? I learned this last year or two years ago. I was on a mission trip with the middle schoolers. And we went out to this uh, lady's house from our church, from Maranatha, and uh, we were helping her cut a tree down. Now, they, we had a chainsaw, or chainsaw, yeah, one of those things, whatever they call uh, They had one of those things, and they started chopping the tree down till it was only the stump left. Well, the guy who was doing it, he uh, went on this side, and he started going like this, and then he stopped halfway, and then he went on this side and started doing like this, and he ended up being like this. I don't know if that's the norm, but that's just how it happened. So we had the great idea of trying to knock it off. And me being the youth pastor, I thought, this is my time to shine. This is my time to show these middle schoolers that I'm the big guy. I'm the boss. Uh, don't mess with me. Listen to everything I say. And so I did one of those things where I backed up. The Trump is there. I backed up. And I ran at it full speed. Thinking that if I run hard or fast enough I'm in being strong, I'm a, or, you know, Call me whatever you want. Uh, I'm going to be able to run through that thing and break it, right? Well, didn't happen. I ran through that thing. As I ran, I went like this, right, and I just stopped dry. It's like I hit a wall. I might as well hit a wall because of how I felt. And I immediately remember that the pain that I felt was unbearable. But I didn't want the middle school to see it, so I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. I can't move my arm, but I'm good, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, give me a minute. Let me go pray over there, you know, kind of thing. But... It was like one of those things that I was reminded, like, I'm thinking that I'm going to be able to move that tree, that stump. But that stump was stable. The roots of that stump were so deep into the ground that there was no way that I was going to move it. In the same way, we have to allow the word of God to sit in our life, to, to take root in our life, to stabilize us so that when this world comes at us and tells us these lies, that fulfillment is found outside of Jesus, we are able to know that that is not true. That when this world tried to throw lies at us, we are stable to the point that we are not going to allow things to come our way. Our world, we says here, our, our world, we use philosophy, things that sound good and empty promises, things that look good to make you believe that you can be fulfilled without Jesus. Michael says all the time that we have to be people that live under this book. If you live under this book, it means that you're, you're rooted in the word of God. If you're rooted in the word of God, then you're growing. But guess what? If you're not rooted in the word of God, you're not going to grow. And if you're, not, if you're not growing, you're obviously empty. If you are someone that you're not established and you're not growing in your relationship with Jesus, you're going to see that when those lies come at you, you're not going to be stable. You're going to be someone that you're going to be likely to change, likely to give away to the truth that Jesus is enough. 
that everything is about Jesus. And when you don't, when your life is not rooted in the Bible, when your life is not rooted on the fact that Jesus is everything and everything is about Jesus, you're going to allow yourself to be persuaded to believe that desires is what fulfills you. So if you're dealing with, if you're dealing with emptiness, maybe what you need to do is to reconsider this, the word of God, to recook back to it, read it, to establish yourself, to, to allow it to build you up, to learn about God, to learn about what he has to say about you and grow in your relationship with him so that you can be someone like a stream stump that is unchangeable, that is not likely to change regardless of what comes their way. Now, the next few verses I love them because it's one of the clearest pictures of the gospel. The message of Jesus on the cross, what he did for you and for my sake. And I love what he, how he described it here. And so I'm going to start reading verse 11. It says, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Just a side note, I was just back, I have so many middle school stories. But um, when I was a middle schooler, I was, one time I was preaching and they asked me what circumcision was. So it was nice. I didn't tell them, though. Uh, Anyways, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespass and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of our debt that stood against us with his legal demand. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them on open shame by triumphing over them in him. The message of the gospel that Jesus, son, the son of God, came to earth as a baby. And that when he was older, he lived a perfect life. And through him, you and I will be able to experience eternal life. That all our brokenness, that all of our emptiness, that all of our mistakes will be made, sure, will be made clear even, will be fulfilled through him. To the point that God sent him on a journey on the cross, the worst kind of pain, the worst kind of, the worst, the worst kind of uh, experience that an individual or human could ever deal with. And he did so so that you and I could have a relationship with him. So that you and I can have experience eternal life. And Paul is telling them, he's reminding them to them, hey guys, Jesus is enough. Jesus is the only thing that can fulfill you. That Jesus is the one that he came to earth when he died on the cross. He nailed it to the cross. All of your sins, the past, present, and future. All of your struggles, the past, present, and future. He nailed them to the cross so that you can experience eternal life. So that you, for the first time in your life, could experience what fulfillment really is. That when he did so, he grabbed the authorities of this world, the rulers and authorities of this world. He, he grabbed Satan, he grabbed sin, he grabbed that, and he put them in this place saying, I have had victory over this thing. 
Just like in the old times when an army will be uh, another army and they will come back to the city celebrating that the army has had triumph over the uh, enemy and that they will put the enemy slave on display to everyone as a, as a sign that we are victorious. Jesus did that to your sins, to your mistakes, and to your emptiness. And through Jesus, Paul is reminding them that you are able to experience fulfillment. That only in Jesus you can find fulfillment. So when you're feeling empty, you have to make it a purpose of a daily, having a daily reminder of the fulfilling power found only, only in the gospel of Jesus. That only in Jesus you can experience fulfillment. So I remember uh, maybe it was like a year or two years ago, I started to help my father-in-law with uh, doing floors. We were sanding floors. And he lived in, uh, ma- 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 oh, whatever, Mass, what? Yeah. No, uh, Mansfield. Nailed it. First try. Mansfield, which is an hour away from here. Uh, it was going to bother me all night. Uh, Mansfield, an hour away from here. And uh because it was a sanding floor, you had to be, for, I guess, I don't know why, but you had to be very early at your customer houses. So I had to leave my house here in Accra at 1 so I could make it there by 6, right? you know, average. So I remember that this particular day I was driving and I was getting ready to leave. And I get in my car and I see my tank being empty. So I did what any great people would do and I went to the gas station to get gas. I get to the gas station, I'm popping the gas, and immediately as I put it into the thing, gasoline starts spilling. And I look and I look at it, and I'm like, you know, I know I'm Dominican, but I'm not this dumb. Like, like this is not like this is how you do it. Like, why is it not working? So I take it out, I'm like, all right, let me try it again. I try it again, same result. So then I have the clever idea that the problem was this uh, pump. So I got on my car and I drove around and got on a different pump and I did the exact same thing. I tried to fulfill that car. Well, finally, after I left Pottle and I thought I was going to get arrested, you know, I don't know if that's a thing, but I felt like that. I decided, you know, I'm just going to leave and pretend that this never happened. I get in the car and I realized that my empty thing was not actually empty. It was really full. It was full and I was trying to top it off, but it was already full, Right. I believe, I allow my circumstances, I allow my, the fact that I was tired, I allow the fact that I was paying attention. You fill the blank for whatever reason, I saw that thing the wrong way. When we don't have the gospel of Jesus in our mind on a daily basis, you'll see that when you're dealing with stuff, when you're facing things in your life, those things will lead you to a place of emptiness because you're going to be missing the fact of the picture that Jesus did, the picture of what Jesus did for you on the cross. And just like I thought I was empty when in reality I was full, if I don't think of the message of the gospel on a daily basis, I'm going to be persuaded to believe that what Jesus did on the cross is not enough. That the message of Jesus dying for me for my mistake is not what I need. That I need something else. And so that is why it is utterly important for you and me to have an urgency, to, have a, to pursue a daily reminder of what Jesus do, did on the cross for us. So here's what we're going to do. Ethan is going to come up and he's going to start 
getting ready to sing one last song. And while he does that, I want you guys to ask yourself a question, a couple questions actually. I want you guys to meditate. I want you to consider yourself right now. Are you someone that you're currently dealing with emptiness? Are you someone that you don't have a relationship with Jesus to start with? You don't know who this Jesus guy is. Maybe you heard about him tonight for the first time. Or maybe you have been hearing about him over and over and you have heard the message of the gospel over and over for whatever reason you have been put it enough. Are you someone that you're dealing with emptiness tonight? If that is you, of these things, what do you need the most tonight? Do you, what you need the most tonight is a reminder that you need to have the right people in your life. Do you need to start consider, reconsidering who is in your life? Who are the people that are speaking in truth into your life? Or who are the people that are speaking lies into your life that are leading you to believe that you are empty if you don't follow your desires? That you are empty if you don't accept what this world has to offer? Do you have people in your life that are telling you the truth? People that are pointing you back to Jesus. People that are telling you that everything is about Jesus. Do you have those people? Are you someone that what you need to know tonight is you, know, you need to be a reminder of the fact that you need to allow the word of God to stabilize your life. Have you been putting up this book for a while now? Have you not been dedicating the time, the appropriate time to read it, to study it, and to apply it? Has this book has been just dusting off in your shelf or in your backpack or in your phone app? Has you not looked at it in a while? Have you not read it in a while? Is the word of God not settling in your life? How deep are the roots of the Bible in your life? Because you'll see, if the Bible is not rooted deep in your life, you're going to be someone that you're going to change like this when this world fill you with lies. That there is not fulfillment in Jesus. That Jesus is not enough. Are you needing that tonight? And lastly, how often do you remind yourself of the great event, the greatest event that ever took place in this world, the event of the cross? The event that through, through the sacrifice of Jesus, you and I can finally experience eternal life. That through the sacrifice that you and I can also experience freedom from this emptiness and we are now able to find fulfillment. When was the last time that you meditated on that and that you brought that to your attention? Have you thought of that? You'll see that if you're not constantly thinking of the gospel, you will see that things that this world has to offer, the things that you're embracing, the things that you're dealing with today, they're going to consume you. Because if everything is about Jesus, but you don't have Jesus, then you're going to see that everything is nothing. Do you need a reminder of, of the gospel? And what about you? Maybe the reason you're empty is because you have not taken the responsibility or you have not taken the call to believe in Jesus. You have heard the message of the gospel over and over or maybe you heard it tonight for the first time. But you had either put it off for a while or even now you're wrestling with accepting the fact that the only way that you can find fulfillment is in Jesus. 
You're trying to convince yourself that there has to be something else besides Jesus that can bring satisfaction to my life. That there has to be something else besides Jesus that can bring me fulfillment. If that is you tonight, I will highly encourage you to reconsider. That just like Paul took it upon himself to tell the people in Colossae that Jesus is enough, that only through Jesus you can find fulfillment, that you will do so tonight. That you, I don't know if you've seen it, that you will pay attention to the verse in, this, in the wall that says, Jesus says, I have come so that you may have life, but not just life, that you may have it in abundance. And maybe the reason why you feel like your life is meaningless, because maybe the reason why you are empty is because you forgot about the fact that Jesus came to give you life in abundance. And if that is where you're at tonight, I encourage you to think about that. I encourage you to not leave this place empty. Whether it is you need new friends or you need to write, get new accountability partners or get someone to be in your life. Whether you need to go back to your Bible and start reading it. Or whether you need to start your relationship with Jesus. Or whether you need to remind yourself of what Jesus did for you. Wherever you are, we all need to remember that Jesus is enough and that everything is about Jesus. So I'm going to give you guys a minute to pray. I'm going to give you a time without distraction where you can just meditate on what was talked tonight. Whether you're someone that you struggle with the feeling of emptiness or even if you're someone that you think you're better because you don't struggle with that right now. Let me tell you, you may not feel empty today, but tomorrow when the slides come at you, you will wrestle with that feeling. And the stuff we talk about tonight it's just as important for you as for those that are currently dealing with it. And if you're someone that you're saying, well, I don't feel empty, well, pray God, pray to God that he will continue to keep you in that, in that place. That he will continue to keep you stable because you all, all of us desperately need it. So go ahead, take a time to pray, meditate on what we talk, and then I'll close us in a prayer. Father, we pray that whether we feel empty tonight or not, Lord, we pray that you will remind us that you are everything and that everything is about you, Lord. Father, I pray that you will challenge us this week and every week following, Lord, that for us to be intentional, we surround ourselves with the right kind of people, people that will push us closer to you, people that are more concerned about our relationship with you than they are about themselves. And, Lord, I pray that you will bring the right people in our life, Lord, that you will allow us to see who they are, Lord, so that we will be intentional to build the, to build, in building this relationship with them, Lord. Father, I pray that your word, will, that we will be the kind of people that stand under your word, Lord, that we would allow the word of God, your Bible, Lord, to set our roots deep in our life, that we would allow you, Lord, to create in us uh, uh, the kind of individuals that we're not likely to change. The kind of individuals that we're not likely to give way to the lies that this world has to offer. To the philosophy, the things that may look good or the things that may sound good, Lord. That we will not let those things affect us. And that we will be reminded that only in you we can find fulfillment. And Father, I pray. That we will be reminded of the fact that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sake. 
that even though you didn't have to do that, that even though we didn't deserve it, you did it out of love because you desperately love us. And I pray, Father, that we will not take that sacrifice for granted, but that in every decision that we make, that in everything that we do every day, we think about the sacrifice of the cross, that we will be people that are mindful of the gospel. And Father, if there is anyone here tonight that the reason why they feel empty is because they don't have Jesus, Lord, I pray that you will speak in their heart, Lord, that you will challenge them tonight, Lord, that you will show them how desperately they need you, Lord, and that if they really want to move away from this feeling of emptiness, that the only way for them to do that is to believe in you and believe in the sacrifice that you did on the cross. And Father, I pray if there's anyone like that tonight, that you lead them to make the decision, Lord. And Father, I pray that we will be believers, that not only we'll live our life for you, Lord, but that we will live our life because of you, Lord. And we pray this in your awesome name, Lord. Amen.